our series, Do the Do, tonight. I want to explain some more about this topic. So let's turn to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Verse 22. We should know this already. We've been going over it over and over again. But it says, but do... But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. For if anyone is a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in the mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what, what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty, and continues in it, and is not forgetful a hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. And so we can remember that this uh, this tells us we're not to, that we're not just supposed to be hearers of the word, but doers of the word. And so we can't just come in here on Sunday nights and listen to the word, but never put it to practice in our life Monday through Saturday. When God tells us to do something, whether it's through the Bible or spirit to spirit, your response should be yes, God, I'll do it right. Just a little going over, just in case you forgot. And no matter how uncomfortable it is, if you're called and told, if God has called you to do something, we must be like Peter and be water walk and have water walking faith, right? And we're ready to go and do it. And so, we talked about why some believers don't do the do. And so tonight I want to turn it around and answer the question, how do we do the work? How do we put this to action? How do we do what God tells us to do? And so just a little recap. Last week we discussed why people don't step out, don't step out and do what God has called them to do. And we said that these people are in their boat, right? Just like in this passage of Peter, the boat is their comfort zone. And they stay in that boat or in their comfort zone because of fear or it's not a priority to them. It, they have bad management, time management. Some people are just too concerned on what other people will say about them. Some people have just gotten too but we've made it a point last week that that's not going to be us. If it was us, we've made it made a decision that we're going to be like Peter. And when God says, come, we're coming. And when God says to go pray for someone, we're going to go pray for him. If God tells us to go be friends with someone that we usually wouldn't be friends with, We'll say, yes, God, we'll go do it, right? And our default answer for God ought to be yes. And so tonight, I want to spend a, spend some time on what it looks like to do the do. How do we do the do? So my first point is, first, you got to understand that there is a do that has to be done. You have to know and realize that you, you're, you aren't just meant to live each day for yourself. You have a do-to-do every day. And so what I also want to throw in there 
is that first you got to understand that there's something that needs to be done in your life. There's something that you ought to be doing in your life. But two, you also got to understand that your deer may look a little different than the person next to you is. Because in the Bible, we can go and look at, let's use Mary as an example. God had a plan for her to be the mother of Jesus, right? Because he knew that she had the right uh, abilities and the right things to be able to do that deed. Imagine if he went to Abraham and said, you know what? You're going to be the mother of Jesus. Couldn't happen. Abraham's a dude, right? And so when God God has a do for you, it's going to look different than someone else's do. And that's okay. Some of y'all may never be a pastor. Some of y'all may feel that God is calling you in the ministry. Some of you may say, you know what, I want to go be a doctor. Some of you may say, you know what, I want to become a teacher. There's things in life that you're meant to do, and it's okay if it doesn't look like someone else's. But I want to turn to John chapter 14 real quick. John chapter 14, we'll drop down to verse 12. John chapter 14, verse 12, it says, Verily, truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And they will do and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. So Jesus right here is encouraging his disciples and telling them that he was about to go and prepare a place for them, and he would be back for them one day. But I want to look at verse 12 for a minute, and it says, Whoever believes in him will do the works that he did, but not only just do it, do what he did, but greater things than these because he's going to God the Father. So we must look and see what, what did Jesus do here on earth? Because he's telling us the same works that he, he's done on earth, we can do it, and we can do greater things because he's going to the Father on our behalf, right? And so if you look through the Bible, you can see that one, he, while he was here on earth, he healed people. Two, he loved the unlovable. Three, he forgave the unforgivable. On top of that, he shared God with those around him. And four, he, or five, he never became prideful. He always gave glory to God, right? And so the, this verse alone tells us that those who believe, we can do those things as well. We can go through our life as teenagers, as a freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, and we can go throughout our school and say, you know what, I see that guy sick, I can go pray for him and know that God can heal him. Or you know what, that person can hurt my nerves, but you know what, I still love him. Right? And it's things like these that, because Christ did them, this verse tells us that we can do it as well. 
So we can love and forgive those who have hurt us. We can share our beliefs with those around us and share who the one true God is. Why? Because this verse tells me I can. This verse tells us that tells you that you can. Nowhere in this verse says, oh, you got to become an 18-year-old or an adult in order to do anything that I do. No, it says those, it says whoever believes in me, y'all believe in God, y'all believe in Christ. Right? I hope you do. Well, if you do believe in him, then everything that Christ has done on the earth, we can do it as well. He has given us the power and the authority to do it. And it says, and you may ask anything in my name and I will do it. Right? And so we can, everything that Christ has done on earth, we can go out there and do it. And so first, in order to do the do, we first got to know that there is a do that needs to be done. Two, in order to do the do, you need to know who you are in Christ. We must have faith and confidence that God has chosen us to do it. So turn to 1 Peter chapter 2 real quick. We're going to jump down to verse 9. And so it says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who, who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So this verse clearly points that we are a chosen generation. God has chosen you, right? And so God has appointed you to be in the generation that you are in right now. This is an you may say, man, this generation is crap. I wish I was in a different generation. But we always got to remember that God doesn't make any mistakes. There is a reason. There is a question. As the age that you are for a reason. There is a reason you're at your school, whether you're public school, private school, home school, there's a reason you're where you're at. And so you must know that God has chosen you to be here at this day and time. There are people that are in your circle, that are in your family, in your classrooms that need you. Maddox, Opelika Middle School needs a Maddox. Lexi High School, Opelika, or Opelika High School, definitely needs a Lexi to go and do the do, right? And so there's a purpose for you to be here when you're here, right? And so this verse tells us and proves to us that God has chosen us. God has chosen you to be where you're at. And on top of that, God has also anointed you to do it. And turn to Luke 4.18 real quick. And this verse is going to show us what God has anointed us to go do. 
They said, Luke 14 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to go preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptance here of the Lord. So, my third point is God has anointed you to go do it. God has anointed you to go preach the gospel. God has anointed you to go heal the brokenhearted. He has anointed you to go proclaim liberty to the captive. He has anointed you to go and go and pray over those that are blind and then recover their sight. This whole verse shows us everything that God has anointed us to go do. There's anointing that is upon your life to go out there and do the do. God has chosen you and anointed you. Right? That should be something to get excited about, to know that God chose you and anointed you to go do those things. And so once you get number one down and know that there's a do to do, and two, know that you were chosen to go do it and have confidence to say, you know what? I can go and lay hands on people and see them be recovered. I can go share the gospel to people, to my friends, and see them be set free because of Christ and what he's done for us. And three, know that God is with you and he has anointed you to go do it. Then step four, and all of it is to, is to have faith and believe God to see it come to pass. Right? And so let's turn to Matthew chapter 4 real quick. And when you get to Matthew chapter 12, go ahead and go to Matthew chapter 14. Sorry. Okay, well, I'm reading Matthew 14. Just a few pages over. Sorry, I wrote down the wrong thing. And then... Let's drop down to verse 22. And if you did that reading uh, Bible plan, then you know what we're about to read. But Matthew chapter 14, verse 22 says, Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. While he sent the multitudes away, and when he had sent, whoops, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. When Now when the evening came, he was alone, but the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to him walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were, they were troubled, saying, It's a ghost. And they cried out for fear. 
But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, Come. And when Peter, when Peter had come out of the boat, he started, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the winds were boisterous, he was afraid. And began to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched his hands out and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. So I want to point out a few things about Peter in this and how he had faith in God. So my first thing is we need to have faith, have that type of faith that Peter had, that if it's only you doing something and no one else in your friend group or in your circle is doing it for God, that you still do it. No one, no one else in that book or in that boat, sorry, got out of the boat. Peter was the only one that did something. And so, so many times in high school or middle school, it's going to feel like, or even me, where you're the only one doing something for Christ. You're the only one that's actually being alive. You're the only one that's really living by what the Bible says to live by. But it's so important to have faith in God and still do it, right? <laughs> and another thing, is that just like Peter, we're human. We're going to fall sometimes. But it's important that you get out of your comfort zone and do the do. It is important that you get out of your boat and go for God, go for Christ, right? And have faith in Him. Because the cool thing about this story, or about this passage, it's just like Peter, Jesus didn't let him fall. <laughs> Jesus didn't let Peter drown. Jesus didn't just stand right there with his arms crossed and say, well, your fault. Or, you messed up. Jesus was so close to him that he put his hand, his hand out and got him. And so regardless of the obstacles that we faced in life, we can know that Jesus was there for Peter, so that shows him that he'll be there for me if I ever need him, or when I need him, right? And so Jesus didn't let him fall or drown or let any harm happen. And so we can take that as an encouragement that Christ won't let us drown in life. And so I want to look back over this passage and point out something that ties all of this together. It isn't us that perform these tasks, all of these great tasks. We are the vessel. We are just the hands and feet for God to work through us, right? It is because of God's great power that we can do these things. And it's because God has anointed us, right? Back in Luke 14, it tells us that. It's because of God that we can go do the do. 
And so God has made that power and that uh, anointing available for us. We just got to step into it. We just got to be bold and confident in Christ and know that we can go share our testimonies to others, that we can go share the gospel to others, that we can go lay hands on the sick. And it's because of God that we can do any, anything and everything that we do in our life. And so how do we do it? By just doing it and having faith and confidence in God. When he tells us to do something, when you read in a verse that it says, go do this, that she said, you know what, God, yes. Or if you feel it on the inside, where he says, you know what, Sarah Grace, go pray for that person. That you don't say, well, God, like, I'm like, it's a little embarrassing. When he tells us to do something, your answer should be, you know what, yes, God, I'll do it right now. If he says, Trent, I want you to go be friends with that person and love on them, you say, you know what, God, I'll go do it. It's important that we go and live out James 1, 22 through 25 and not only just be the hearers of the word, not just come in here and hear me speak for 30 minutes and then leave this place and never talk to someone about Christ throughout the week. Where you don't just come in here and hear about the things that you can live in like joy and peace and all of those things, but then leave Monday morning, or leave tonight, tomorrow morning, you're saying that you're depressed. It's important that we take this by the word for what it is and live it. And that's what it means to do the do, is when you hear something, either from church service or when you read your Bible, or God speaks to you spirit to spirit, that you take it, you grab it, and you say, you know what, God, I'm, I'll do it. And it's important that we be like Peter, regardless if no one else does it, I'm still going to do it. Even if it seems wild, even if it seems that it's impossible, that you step out of your comfort zone, that you step out of your boat and say, you know what, God, I'll do it. Right? And so, real quick, in case you didn't catch all my points, my first one was you got to know that there's a do to be done. There's a do that you need to do. There's a do with your name on it. That God has anointed you to go do it. God has anointed Theo to play the keyboard. If I was to go up there right now, you would all try to run out of this room because I'm not anointed with that. If you come here on Sunday mornings, Pastor Austin, he's very anointed with our worship. God has called him to do that in this season. If I was to go up there and try to be Austin, 
I'm sure our attendance number would go very low because I can't sing like Austin. I can't play the keyboard like Austin. Why? Because that's Austin's calling. That's Austin's due. And so you got to know that there's a due with your name on it. And you also got to know that you were chosen by God to go do it. And we can go throughout the Bible and look at each person and see what their due was. Because each person's due was a little different. But you know what? They all did it, and it was for the glory of God. They did it, and so we can go back and look at it and say, man, like that person did something great. Now I'm encouraged to know that I can go do what God has called me to do and know that God is on my side, right? Mm-hmm. And God has also anointed us to go do it. God is going to give you the abilities to do it. And God tells Gavin to go be a doctor. And God is going to put those abilities in Gavin to be able to go be a doctor. And our job is to have faith and believe God for it and to see it come to pass. It's important that we have that water-walking faith, like Peter did. Yeah, he might have fell a little bit, but he stepped out of his comfort zone. And that's something we ought to take from this passage. We need to step out of our comfort zone in 2024. Amen? Amen. And so... I want you to leave here tonight and know that God has made that power for you, that authority and anointing available for you. You just have to walk in. Like I say each week, it's a choice that you have to make. It's a decision that you have to make. I want to see you do it. But I can't force you to do the things that God has called you to do. So, do the do, right? Yeah. Right? And so, that's how we do the do. You give one, two, and three into your heart, and then you just believe God and have faith for the rest. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for just being with us and being on our side. Father, we don't take these services lightly. And Father, I just pray over this week that you just give each and every person here tonight an opportunity to do their duty. Show them how to do it, Father. Show them and give them the tools necessary to be able to do it, Father. I just thank you for this. I thank you for choosing us and anointing us to go do the do. And Father, we just thank you for another great night and having you. We thank you for just being, showing us your favor here at Youth Group, Father, and we just thank you for everything, and we give you all the glory and honor. In Jesus' mighty name, everyone said, Amen. Amen.